You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Moniker. We're here to listen and share stories of motherhood and life from the trails from mamas who run ultra marathons. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to all moms who continue to show up, run, and chase their dreams even after having kids. It's not easy, and we'll talk about all the hard and real parts that make up this crazy lifestyle. But we're also here to celebrate and inspire each other to keep finding their inner mom strength that allows us to show this sport new levels of grit and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. Today we have Phyllis Stanley from Washington. Uh, But before we get into that, Steph, how are you today? I don't know why I say that. (laughs) You have a beautiful voice. (laughs) As as anyone who listened to the bloopers uh, last week, we got to witness or listen to Nikki's wonderful voice singing, have yourself a merry little Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Don't go back and listen to that. <laughs> um, but we're really excited to announce that we're expecting in July. Yes. Steph is pregnant and I've known about it for a long time. <laughs> I'm probably so happy. Like, peed on a stick. <laughs> what? I said, probably since we like peed on a stick or I did. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So exciting. A little July baby for Steph. Yeah. Okay. So you're how many weeks now? I'm just over 12 weeks. Okay. Oh my gosh. We, I had my 12 week appointment on Monday and she said she couldn't find the heartbeat with the Doppler. And I was just waiting there and she's like, do you want to see the baby? I can bring in my handheld ultrasound machine. And it was just like a little phone with a Doppler thing on it. And oh. I'm like, sure. So I got to see the baby and it was moving and it was just really exciting. She said, baby looks perfect. Heartbeat is strong. So. Oh my gosh. That's good. Yay. Yeah. Yay. So good. And, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of surprised that she wasn't automatically going to do like uh ultrasound. I mean, we never they do. Did... I'm, that's the first time yeah. I've ever done or had that. Wow. Wow. But we're also in a smaller community mm-hmm. hospital. Rural. Um, so. Yeah, we are rural. So she said that they just got it. Um, there were two new OBs. And so they kind of worked together to, you know, have the hospital pay for that. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's so cool. Oh, yes. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, it's like. Steph, you and I have an exciting year ahead, not in the running department. (laughs) Sorry, we won't be about races that we're doing. (laughs) I know. I'm like, oh gosh, we're both going down. Um, But that's okay. Yeah, it's good. So happy that your little baby is healthy. How are you feeling? I felt like crap. For like four weeks, I laid on the couch and didn't do anything. I tried running and after like 10 minutes, I got nauseous. And so I stopped and um, I've been running every day for about a week and a half, but not like a ton, maybe 20 minutes. Yesterday, I split it up. So I did 40 minutes total yesterday 
okay. which is the longest since I got pregnant. Um, but I'm just slowly kind of <laughs> ramping back up. So. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's no fun to keep running if it's going to make you feel worse. You yeah. Know? That's not yeah. the point of that. And then, <laughs> you know, you got to just do what feels good. For sure. Yeah. But it's been, I don't know, this one's been weird. I've been way more sick than I was with either of the girls. Um, extreme food cravings. Ooh, like what? Let's hear it. Uh, Thai chicken pizza. And <laughs> um, what, did, what have I been craving lately? Oh, hash browns. Just like crispy hash browns. I'll make them with ketchup on them. Oh, yum. Literally all day. I could eat <laughs> hash browns. <laughs> Your salt fix right there. <laughs> yes. Well, and I can't eat anything sweet. It gives me, it makes me so nauseous. And I'm such a sweet person. Oh. So it's weird. Hey, maybe that's really good. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> if you're craving sweets all the time, it's so hard not to indulge. And then, you know, maybe you're like staying a little healthier just because you can't eat them. <laughs> well, I feel like I've gained more weight. I don't know if it's just because I have a bigger bump than or it's because it's my third mm -hmm. I don't know yeah I don't know don't worry about that <laughs> yeah I'm not I'm gonna be fine Aaron I already told him I'm getting a coach after this probably Emily Bliss yeah uh, just to help myself get back into shape healthy healthily healthily yeah healthily mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah um so I don't know we'll see good mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah oh gosh we're May and then July yeah yeah it'll be <laughs> a busy schedule is gonna be interesting this summer <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so stay tuned on <laughs> yeah. yay Steph but yay yeah I can't wait to so you're not gonna find out what we don't this find out one is. okay oh no, boy I want to Oh boy, but, maybe it's a boy, but I don't know. Maybe it's a boy. <laughs> we will see. I don't know. I'm excited and nervous and it'll be weird to be outnumbered. Yeah. So, yeah. but we're happy. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. actually, baby is due on my grandparents' 63rd anniversary. Wow. So. That's good. Yeah. That's a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Because like and 63 years, that's I know. Strong. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're excited. But Yay. Yeah. So anyway, what's going on with you? How how has running been going lately? Oh, it's been. Oh, you what? went cross country skiing again. How oh, was I that? did. I did. It was good. Um, it was so fun. It just feels so great and good on my body. I mean, my legs were really tired, um, afterwards and, uh, I, we went up, um, Chase and I again. And so that was really nice. Um, I, you know, skiing is one of those things where, you know how, I don't know, maybe you have some things like this stuff where it's kind of that maybe like a skill or something you worked on that like kind of got away from you. You know, you're, or, you know, like maybe you could have been good if you would have like continued yeah. in it or like, you know, I mean, I just think about those things sometimes in life. Cause I've pursued like so many different things through childhood and, um, 
you know, just life in general. And mm-hmm. skiing is one of those things where it's like, had I decided to go to a school where there was, you know, cross country ski team or club or something like maybe I could have been like really good, <laughs> not like Olympics or anything, but I'm just, you know, it's been a hobby for a long time. Um, anyway, that's what I think about sometimes. That's um, so Funny story about cross-country skiing. My uncle went cross-country skiing on New Year's Eve, broke uh-huh. his femur. Oh. He fell. Then he has an artificial hip because he had his hip replaced, and it broke that artificial hip. So no. To... Yes. Oh, my. So, it just cross-country think... skiing? Cross-country skiing. I don't know how it happened. And I'm like, aren't you, like, not, like, you're not going, like, downhill super fast. <laughs> I mean, you can. It, well, you can. Yeah, but... It's pretty flat around here. True. Yeah, that sounds so weird to me. Yeah, so major surgery he had. Guy's got bad luck. Really bad luck. Bummer, man. Uh, I hope he feels better soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, the worst injury I ever got. Well, I mean, I know people break their skis or their poles sometimes. Um, I've never done that. And there was one time there, there's like this kind of gnarly hill um, at one of our ski groomed trail places. And um, we were like spring skiing almost. So like we had t-shirts on and Mm. everything. And um, I biffed it down this hill because like the conditions were weird and crap. And like my balance was all wonky and you're get you get going really fast and and so because we were like wearing t-shirts and everything I got like ice burn like Ah. all the way up my stomach (laughs) that didn't feel so good but you know usually it doesn't it's fine um and I I don't I don't fall very often um yeah so but anyway um, anyway, besides skiing, um, running's going pretty good, although I'm definitely like feeling a little bit more waddleish lately mm-hmm. and just trying to manage that. <laughs> I don't know. It just depends on the day. Yeah. But yeah, <sighs> I mean, that's pretty much it in my world. Um, yeah, just like, I feel like I'm finally embracing oh. the new year. So that's good. That's what I was going to ask is how are your um, holiday blues that you were having? Oh, yeah. Holiday they're, blues. <laughs> yes. They're, they're better. They're better. Um, yeah. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm better. I, I don't know. I am like still kind of in a weird place, but it's, I don't know. I just feel like I have like a lot of thoughts in my head and like, but no words to express them. <laughs> I just... <laughs> But it's good. I'm excited about the new year and and taking control of my life in little ways. Um, You know, sometimes you just have to look at maybe something that's annoying you or something, an area in life that's like not up to your level of love where you want it to be. And then you just have to be like, okay, what's a little thing I have control over? And then, you know, just not play the victim of you know, your circumstances, like, um, anyway, so just like sitting down and like making little steps to hit goals and things has helped. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, that's good. Yes. And, um, I have one more question for you. So 
<laughs> I got a Vitamix for Christmas. Oh, yes. I heard that you or saw that you got a Vitamix uh-huh. recently. Uh-huh. Can you tell me what your mocha freeze recipe is? Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, A, I love the Vitamix. It's um, amazing. Yeah. Well, like, life-changing. Yeah. It is, literally. And it's like, I, okay, so in the past, we had like a ninja uh, blender or something. And, you know, and really old too. And we have literally been chewing our smoothies for years. And, um, you know, it's like, it doesn't actually chop up the kale or the um, dates if you put those in or, you know, things like that. Anyway. Okay, so Vitamix, great. The first day I was frustrated because I was like, oh, I don't think this is really working because it didn't seem like it was spinning around much until mm-hmm. I realized it had already done its job in like 10 seconds and <laughs> everything was perfectly smooth. Yeah. So it was, yeah. Um, so the mocha freeze is delicious. <laughs> Two cups of milk of whatever kind of milk you want to do. One tablespoon instant espresso powder three tablespoons sugar or two tablespoons agave. Okay. Um, I don't have that. So I just use sugar (laughs) three tablespoons of chocolate sauce and then two cups of ice Hmm. Ice cubes. And And it was delicious. It was delicious. It was so good. It it was like perfect afternoon. Pick me up treat. Mm, That sounds really yummy. Yeah. And it's been fun because Chase is working from home. So I just kind of bring him my Vitamix um, experimentations <laughs> and um, he's happy too. So, yeah. Yum. Awesome. Yeah. If anybody out there has any Vitamix recipes that they want to share, share away. Yeah. I, I just got one too. I've just been making smoothies really with it. And just um, putting random stuff in there. Yeah. I have like a, I have a bunch of frozen fruit that I use and then I have a green juice that I always keep in the fridge for smoothies. And then I have a powder that's like all veggies. So it has wheatgrass, barley grass, alfalfa, spinach, spirulina, spirulina, however you pronounce that, clarea, which is a cracked cell wall, it says, yeah. broccoli, rose hips, pineapple, carrot, cherries, green tea extract, Beetroot, raspberry, maca root, flaxseed, apple pectin. pectin wow. Pectin. What is this stuff? It's like. This is, it's amazing grass, green superfood. Wow. It has like everything. It has everything. I'll link it. We'll link it in the show notes. I get it from Amazon. Okay. It oh. has two full servings of fruit and veggies. And it comes with a little like scooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know nice. how much to put in. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. That's like an easy way to do it. And I'm always looking for easy things. (laughs) Yeah. And it has so much in there. The girls like it even when I put it in there. Um, Because you can't taste it with all the fruit. Mm -hmm. And I, well, with my old blender, I'm sure with the Vitamix, I can put like kale and spinach and stuff and it'd be fine. Yeah. But with my old blender, it would just have like chunks of stuff. And I'm not going to chew my lettuce in my smoothie. I know. I'm I was in the same boat. Oh, so. it's a bad boat to be in. It is. <laughs> so, I've yeah. always had this and I just really like it. But cool. Yay. Yeah. Good. Okay, so, uh like we mentioned before, today we have on Phyllis Stanley. She lives in Washington, kind of near Olympic National Park. 
and we talk about trail running. She's an avid trail runner. She runs a ton. She -hmm. has some big races coming up this year, two 200 milers or longer (laughs) races, Mm -hmm. um, which will be really fun uh, to watch her do. She is a single mom. She's got older boys and she shares a little bit about how she grew up. She's Navajo and from Arizona and she talked about some of her family's traditions and how she's tried to incorporate them into her son's lives. We do talk about how running kind of helped her through grief um, with some losses that she had. And she is um, vegan, so she kind of talks about how, you know, what sources she uses for protein, what kind of snacks that she was using for races and long runs, and how being vegan has really changed her life. And so it's just a great conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. Hi, Phyllis. How are you doing today? I am good. Good. I'm happy to be here. We're excited to have you. Um, Could you start by just telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? So, yeah, sure. I'm trying to think, what could I share? So I'm a mother of two handsome boys. Um, I have a 16-year-old and 11-year-old. You know, they keep my life pretty busy. Um, And also drive me crazy at the same time. But, (laughs) you know, I wouldn't choose any other life. I can't imagine life without them. So um yeah, I'm a single mom um for some time now. Um I, you know, I do share time with their dad. Um so yeah, and then otherwise I yeah, I work full time in addition to playing out on the trails. Um and mostly that's what I do. Um but any free time that I have when I'm kid free and when they're spending time with their dad, I'm I'm playing somewhere in the mountains with friends. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Where, where are you located? So I live in a small town um, called Montesino, which is um, sort of out on the coast. It's about um, 15 minute drive from, you know, from the ocean. Um, um but it's, it's, you know, I, my backyard is almost literally the Olympic National Park. So oh. that's, you know, there's so much to check out there. So that always gets me excited. And also on the other side is like, I could go to, we, we're so spoiled. We have a wide variety of areas to play in um, because we have like Mount St. Helens area, this huge span of areas there um, with trails and also Mount Rainier. So it's, it's fantastic. That's a gorgeous area. I want to explore more of that area. It is so, and, and I love um, seeing your pictures that you post. Like it looks so lush and just dense forests with mushrooms and all of that stuff. It's very different from where I live, which is Bend, Oregon. It's like the high desert, you know, it's just. But, yeah. Yeah. Ben is really beautiful. I've gone there a couple of times for races mm-hmm. um, and I loved it. I enjoyed it. It's kind of got that little bit, a touch of that 
deserty dry feel. Mm -hmm. um, and then gone out to that Smith Rock. I done a race there. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you guys live in a real, or you live in a beautiful area too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky for sure. But, um, and then, so I'm wondering what, what brought you to move to your area? How did that come about? Um, so yeah, I lived here since, um, March of 2000. Um, I moved here after I graduated, um, after I got my bachelor's degree, um, I went to college in Phoenix and that's where I graduated. And that's where I met my ex-husband. And he's actually, he was born and raised here. So during the time we were dating in college, he, we came out to visit a few times and I just fell in love, um, with the whole terrain, with the whole landscape. Prior to that, our plan was, um, because I always loved the greenery in the mm -hmm. mountains. Um, so our plan was to initially move to Colorado somewhere mm. just because of that. But after coming here several times, it's like, you know, it'd be nice to be close and near one of our families. And I think this is a perfect place. Mm -hmm. And of course, he didn't argue with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I it's been amazing to live here. I can't see myself ever moving anywhere else. Um, so, I mean, there's so much here. I mean, this place offers so much. It's like you could enjoy all the different seasons throughout the year. And, you know, it's I mean, yeah, in the wintertime, it gets kind of dark and gray and wet. But I really don't mind that at all because it's cleansing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. For it sure. is. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what do you do for work? So I work um, for the state of Washington. I work for an um, agency. Um, it's serving children and family. Um, there's... The agency offers different programs, but the project I'm on is just helping. I'm on a project team that maintains a um, case management system. So I work in the IT field. Mm -hmm. So um, we have different business groups that we support um, that actually go out in the field to serve different family as far as um, there's different categories of child care providers. So we support the system to track all those information. So that, you know, nowadays, um, like the mobile app is a big thing. So there's that component and there's a portal that these provide, the people that provide as providers for children use these um, tools um, as a way of being licensed child care providers. Okay. Okay. Right. Interesting. Well, yeah. Yeah. My husband um, worked for the state of Oregon for a while in um, division of child support. Mm -hmm. And then he actually just um, is temporary, has a temporary job with the state again, working in um, helping out with the whole unemployment crisis of this year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, my goodness. Yeah. So that's good. That's important work. And yeah. Um, how How is it? being, what's it like, if you don't mind me asking, um, 
like being a single mom and, you know, working full time and having your boys. And I'm, I'm sure they're doing school and things, but, um, what's that like for you? Um, I mean, I'm pretty blessed. Um, I mean, I, my family, like my side of the family, it's all in the Southwest. Mm -hmm. So as far as like, um, my siblings, I don't have anybody like in this area, in this region, but my kids, family on their dad's side of the family, they're, they've been amazing to me. Um, mainly like the aunts and uncles are their great aunts and uncles. They've been a major, um, they've been very um, supportive as far as um, just being there for my kids and I. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have a great grandfather that, you know, he's in his nineties, but he's always coming out to check on us. Um, just That's that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and also we, um, are surrounded with a huge supportive family, I mean, friends and also a church family. So mm-hmm. it's been really helpful. Um, you know, I mean, they're always they're always, if somebody's always available there to lend a hand if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's like having a huge support system here. So yeah. I'm pretty blessed in that way. Yeah. Um, plus the small town community. I mean, there's just that feeling where everybody looks out for each other. So it's, yeah. it's been wonderful. That's nice that your husband's or ex-husband side, the dad boys's dad's side is so well I mean they're still helping you out so much because a lot sometimes I mean they don't help out quite as much my parents got divorced when I was a little under a year old and um but my mom moved in with her parents while she built a house and it it was basically just her side I mean my dad's side didn't do much but it's kind of cool to that because you're surrounded with your ex-husband's family, they're still very caring and loving, especially with their boys. Yeah, um, it's been wonderful. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there is always some portion of the family that are not very supportive. Uh, but, yeah. You know, there's the other side. He has he has a huge family. So I think um, most of the family have been really, they've been really amazing. Yeah. It's, if you don't mind me asking, how long ago did you guys separate? Um, we separated um, in early 2012. Okay. And then, so yeah. Okay. Okay. Your boys were little then, huh? They were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's hard, especially when they're so small and you're taking care of two little ones a lot. Yeah, it is. It's been a big, um, it's been quite a journey for us um, and for them. But um, I mean, they're, they're pretty blessed that they're pretty well loved by everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, they have a huge family base here. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has been really helpful um, because they get different perspective um, from the different family sets, like from different aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. um, and then just friends, and mm-hmm. then being part of a church family. So um, 
we've been pretty lucky that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And so I'm curious, like, with your boys, I know they're older, like you said, 11 mm-hmm. and 16 now. So they are probably pretty self-sufficient, I would imagine. Um, but like, how do you do, how do you do all of the things that you do? Cause you run a lot, which we'll talk about. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then you're working. And so how do you find time to go run all the miles on top of everything? So it seems like I run a lot every day, <laughs> probably from looking at my Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, so like during the week is um, not really a problem because being able to work from home, especially since the whole pandemic. Um, anyway, I mean, there's been some, I don't know, some positive side to it to where I get up early in the morning while they're still asleep, 5.30 or whatever, super early, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then put on my hour to two hour run or whatever I have planned and, you know, just get that out of the way first thing in the morning. Um, and then, you know, and then I'm ready to spend the whole day with them. Yeah. So, and then also sometimes depending um, during if that doesn't happen for whatever reason, like, you know, things happen, you stay really late or you don't get a good night's rest. And if I don't run in the morning, then I'll probably run at lunch. Um, So, I mean, yeah, like they're pretty self-sufficient, but their grandmother lives directly across the street. Mm. So they have that too. Um, So it's, it's just being creative um where to fit in your runs and that's the really nice thing about running is um it doesn't require a lot of prep Mm -hmm. I mean just change into your running gear and you head out the door Mm -hmm. Um, go out there and do your thing and come back and and you can pretty much almost fit it in anytime so it's I mean I like that about running but on the weekends um you know um they are with their dad usually two weekends uh, every month, usually the second weekend and the fourth weekend. Um, those are the weekends that I, for myself, look forward to because then I spend pretty much the whole weekend out on the trails with mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, playing in the mountains, you know, spending the whole day probably doing a crazy long effort run through some new place that we've all wanted to explore um so that's how I've been able to you know um fit in my run around my kids schedule mm-hmm. um so the, yeah there's often times when I do have the kids yeah I see my friends are out there running and I it's like major you know FOMO going on, but realizing what is really the priority. So, you know, I've learned to just, you know, keep those perspective in mind. You know, my my first priority is my kids. And second comes, you know, what I enjoy and what I like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I can, I could see that. And, but it seems like you're good at, um, you take advantage of the time you have 
So it's like, if you're with your kids, you're with your kids. If you're running, you know, and you, you know that it'll ebb and flow depending on the week that it is. Um, and so that's pretty neat, but it's probably, so do you like, um, spend time like mapping out a new route to do or a new mountain to scale or, um, like for those special weekends that you have to yourself? Um, yeah. So I am very, very, I feel really grateful, um, that I have, um, connection with amazing group of trail runners. I mean, this area is like tons of people that are crazy about trail running. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I'm pretty lucky. Um, I have, um, you've probably seen a best running buddy um, who also has a crazy, crazy schedule. She actually has to go to on a job and work crazy hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stacy's her name. And she and I partner up a lot. Um, and so, and she's, um, her husband's pretty cool about, you know, he'll be with the kids while she's spending the weekend with me while we go out and play in the trails. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about like during the week, um, we'll kind of take turns about, hey, I've always, I've seen this trail, you know, I've heard about this trail and we'll say, oh, so-and-so ran this route. It looks spectacular. I want to go check it out. And mm-hmm. so we'll kind of talk about and plan out like, hey, we should do, say, let's run around Mount St. Helens. Um, we got to do one of these weekends. And so we kind of have a list of mm-hmm. the, the routes we want to do. Um, and so and it, the weather also plays a factor into that so some of the areas it depends like some there's um could be water crossings mm-hmm. and so if it you know it happens to fall during a time or a season where the water levels are low then we'll hit those areas mm-hmm. um like for example we um decided we waited a little bit too long we've been wanting to do the wonderland trail which is around mount rainier yeah um, and one push um so we picked a weekend in september and it just so happened that a few days prior to that there's a major storm and so that kind of blew our whole plan mm-hmm. um so you know, we try to be a little bit more strategic as far as like, because there's vast amount of areas to check out. And I mean, we still have a list of routes that we want to do. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And and so we kind of um, have a continual list of, you know, areas and trails that we want to do. So we just kind of when we do run together, we talk about, you know, some of the areas we want to hit and, and, you know, that's how we plan out some of these routes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so fun that you have someone that you're so close with and you guys can just share some of these dreams of going to all these places together. Yeah, That's so mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. 
Because I feel like we get a little bit hindered from trying all of the new trails and doing all the new adventures when you're not sure about the surroundings when you're on your own. You know, yeah. it's nice to have a buddy yeah. or buddies to. Oh, to yeah. Do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's that vulnerability factor. I mean, especially like for myself, I mean, that comes, that comes across my mind a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I do like the local trail because um, we have a trail that is like a mile from here. Okay. It's, there's a lake there. There's a bunch of trails around it. But even then, you know, I always tell somebody where I'm heading now mm-hmm. and just for safety measures because it's just me and my kids. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you got to get back to them. <laughs> yes. Um, so for these long efforts, you know, I always make sure I, I don't go solo just mm-hmm. because of that. You know, I'm always with somebody. And even though we're together, we always have somebody else that knows. And we also carry our satellite phones. Mm-hmm. Um just so we have a way of reaching somebody if we hit it, you know, run into anything. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Um, so I was going to ask, you said earlier that you did like one to two hours in the morning during the week and then your long runs on the weekend. So how much on average are you running a week? Um, it varies. Like okay. this, um, December has been kind of different just because of the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, the daylight hours are a lot shorter. And also on top of that, it just puts me, at least for me, it put me in this weird funk. Like, I haven't really been as excited as I have been in the past. Um, yeah. Just, I don't know. It's just kind of one of those kind of feeling kind of in the downtime. So mm-hmm. I've been compensating by riding the indoor bike. Oh, um, but I was surprised when I looked at my Strava um, yesterday, I was at, I think, 151 for the month. Um, okay. So it varies. Um, but in the summertime, obviously, it's a lot higher. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes reaching over 300 in a month. Okay. And that is a lot of miles. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, that's also coming from me. I'm kind of a low mileage person, but I look at that like your numbers and I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And like kind of a little, um, yeah, envious there. But so do you know like what your yearly mileage will be for this year? Um, which is funny. Um, we, I did some, we were doing some trail work, to, um, over the weekend with some friends and we were talking about that because it's different this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like we just did a little bit more running just because, um, the pandemic kind of gave us that unique opportunity to do a little bit more exploring and going on adventures uh, because all the races were canceled. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about that and we're exchanging numbers and I looked up mine and um, I am just a little bit over 2,600. Okay, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Because <laughs> we were talking about, like, somebody, uh, one of our friends, he was saying his goal was to reach, um, what did he say? 
I think it was 2000. I don't remember exactly. And he was like, five, he needed to do five more miles before the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That good yeah. job. That is so cool. And I, what? Fitting it all in. I know. I yeah. know. You are a busy, a busy woman. Um, how, how did you get into running in the first place? Like, how did you start getting into ultras and then building up to longer distances? I know you've done some hundred milers and 50 mm-hmm. milers. Like, how did you do this? So I've always been a runner, um, but not necessarily a long distance runner. Um, so growing up, running is part of, um, and anybody who is Navajo knows this, it's not a surprise. Um, so there's this cultural teaching, um, and most people that live and practice the Navajo cultural lifestyle um, practice this whole ritual of running before you know, sunrise every morning as part of just disciplining uh-huh. and building yourself up to be the strong person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also to that is um, there's this teaching that, um, you know, you are supposed to get up before sunrise and run to the east and mm-hmm. just greet the Holy Spirits because mm-hmm. they're passing through, um, you know, through the landscape um, and blessing those, um, their children that are up and calling out to them. So, you know, as a kid, you know, I didn't enjoy this always, but <laughs> my parents um, would get my siblings out, out of the house. Um, like it was pretty dark and sometimes really cold and windy. <laughs> <laughs> we would... We would, you know, run to the east with sometimes it was exciting and sometimes it wasn't so exciting. And so we would holler, you know, that was our way of greeting um, these Holy Spirits. And so that was my early childhood. And my dad was more a big proponent of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he he passed away in an automobile accident when I was still young, before I was 10. Mm. So then it was just my mom. Um, yeah, she did kind of emphasize that, but she wasn't, she didn't force us. Okay. Um, yeah. And you do that every day? Well, yeah. I mean, okay. the idea is to do it every day. Do it every day. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, so when, um, when your mom um, didn't force you to do it, would would you sometimes take days off or um oh, yeah. still yeah okay yeah I mean that's it's hard to do but it's it's so neat like I love that starting the day that way it feels mm-hmm. very special like um in a very like thankful way to kind of bring on a new a new day new morning yeah. new sunrise yeah. yeah it does just change your whole attitude mm-hmm. um when you do do it um, and even if you just do it just because, you know, without that mindset of, you know, saying you're just because it's part of your heritage or mm-hmm. your culture. I mean, even if you just do it, like sometimes I, I don't, 
I probably should, but I don't do it to my kids. But there was times I did, you know, trying to kind of give that insight of, hey, um, you're, this is part of, you know, you're Navajo and these were part of the teachings that I was raised with. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, just to kind of give them that glimpse, um, you know, to them was very interesting. Um, so just to kind of give them that insight, I mean, even when I, when we did go out, I mean, it just, it just gave them that different attitude for the remainder of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 And so can you, um, or can you expand more on that? Like, are, do you still do a lot of, um, or any of the traditions you grew up with, with your kids? Like, how do you, how do you keep those alive? Um, just in this, in this world, in this society, I mean, I feel like it'd be pretty hard. It is hard. Um, I even made it more complicated because I moved away from, um, where I was raised my, um, from my actual childhood home. Um, because it's easier and everybody there has that understanding of the Mm -hmm. cultural um, traditions and the rituals Mm -hmm. and I moved so far away from that so there's nobody else that does you know has any insight on that here it's just me Mm -hmm. Um, so I made it complicated for myself and I know that you know I understand that Um, so what I do try to do is tell my kids when, whenever I could, and I probably could do better is just share some of those, um, you know, some of those stories that I do remember, which Mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, I don't, I didn't retain a lot of it only because my parents, um, are no longer here too. I can't pick up the phone and call them and say, Hey, um, could you, you know, fill me in on this again? Because I don't recall everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I will tell them I'll share what I do remember. Um, just things like, um, I mean, there's just some things like there's, we like, we do go back to Arizona to go visit family Mm-hmm. These are the reasons why we do things in this way, you know. I mean, I will explain those things to them and share those knowledge with them. Um, you know, like we go home to go visit um, my older siblings who still, um, fortunately, still practice some of those um, ceremonies mm-hmm. um, and hold those, um, carry on those traditions and so in those moments, I will do my best at explaining um, the reason and the meanings behind those to my kids. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that they um, remember those. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you asked, like, how they feel? Like, what are they thinking when you go back to your home and kind of experience those, those traditions? How are they... Um, they're always very excited, mm-hmm. you know, they always get so excited, even just to even see their cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then because it's so different there 
and it's completely open. Even the whole terrain is very different. You know, it's mm-hmm. very de- desert, open, you know, right. wide open spaces. Mm-hmm. And even that is very um, appealing and exciting to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just the whole experiencing that excites them. Yeah. Um, and also, there's always something new for them to learn every time we take a trip back. Um, mm-hmm. So I know they look forward to that. And also just getting reacquainted with their other relatives mm-hmm. is exciting for them. Yeah. I just yeah. think it's so fun. I wish I knew more about my family's history. And it's so cool that you have, you know, this whole other side that's so, you know, it's still very much ingrained in in mm-hmm. how they do things. And it's just really cool to, you know, mm-hmm. your kids get to experience it firsthand mm-hmm. yeah. on a trip there. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's, I mean, you know, you're saying um, like, like, oh, I wish I did a better job in this or whatever, but, um, you know, and moving away makes it tough, but I mean, they're still, um, they're still getting a lot and they're, these things like those memories are going to stick with them Mm -hmm. just because they're so powerful and they're part of your family. Well, and it's special moments too. It's not like it's, you know, if you do something every day, it kind of, it's hard to remember specific days, but when you go on a trip and you're going there, they remember things that happened on that trip, even though it is their family and it's their heritage, but it's still something a little bit more special than just doing it every single day too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your parents. Um, just not, you know, it's, it's hard to, I, I just feel like it would be hard to um, become a parent and without your parents, you know, and yeah. um yeah. And, you know, and just, it sounds like they were a big part of keeping the tra- the traditions intact and everything. Yeah. They were like the anchor. Um, when my, when we lost our dad, I know it was really hard for my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it weighed a lot on her to be sort of like that, continue that it's like she lost, I mean, she lost her partner. Mm-hmm. And, but I was always so amazed by how resilient and strong she was. And my mom did not, she did not have any formal, like Western education. Mm-hmm. Um, she spoke very little English. Mm. So, you know, from that aspect, I can't even fathom how she did it. You know, um, and just remaining strong and remaining very hopeful for the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And not ever really dwelling on, you know, being negative or how unfortunate we are, you know, on given days where we literally had no money. Mm -hmm. You know, she was always creative and saying, this is what we could do. This is how we're going to pull through. You know, she just had that outlook of always just pressing forward. So that kind of, I kind of use that um, in my own mind, like in my own head, um, when I'm out there on the trails, when you hit those low moments and you think, I'll think of my mom and think, you just keep moving forward and you'll Mm -hmm. get there. (laughs) 
So yeah. in that aspect, she's, you know, she was very inspiring. Um, you know, even, even though she didn't have a lot of exposure to, you know, outside of where she was raised and her homestead, she was always very strong um, and just being very um, believing, you know, that things will turn out okay. Mm. What an awesome role model. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, it was hard to go through, I'm sure, but she showed you how strong she can be and to grow up with such a strong figure is really, really cool. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, that's yeah, and I also probably should mention because um, I think I don't really say I don't speak a lot about this. Um, we we were raised like out in a rural area, which means like we didn't grow up in what you now see as like conventional homes. Um, we didn't have indoor plumbing. Mm-hmm. We did not have electricity. So it was very, it's almost kind of like the only reference that I could compare to is like playing hardcore camping, like year round, every day. Yeah. So, So, I mean, we, we did things like, um, you know, go find wood. Um, So, you know, we pick several weekends and as a family, we'd go fine wood, firewood, and for the winter, and, mm-hmm. you know, stock up on firewood, and there was a coal mine, you know, that was our way of keeping warm during the winter time, mm-hmm. and then also part of the other thing of just um, keeping the household going was also we had a um, windmill that we would haul water from for mm-hmm. our water, that was our water source, okay. you know, yeah, and then for lighting was like using um, kerosene lamp. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, my my siblings and I were raised um, in this until um, my mom didn't get the, the 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 like any of the more modern updates until um, I was in college. Okay. So that was really exciting to go home to and actually come come home and be able to turn on the kitchen faucet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That must've been crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I actually not have to go get up in the middle of the night and be scared and walk like a quarter of a mile (laughs) to go use the restroom. Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) So what did your home look like? So, so they changed, right? Um, as I was being raised, um, so the earliest I can remember, um, when my dad was still alive was, I remember living, um, kind of in this really small, um, house and it was probably like maybe a two room house. So like one part of the house served as a kitchen and kind of gathering place. And the other side was just, um, um, like the other room was just, um, there was, you know, a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, a shared space. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, you know, we upgraded to a bigger house. Um, but still, like, we didn't have the modern amenities, um, right. you yeah. know. 
but it's, yeah. it was still nice to have more room and more privacy. Um, you know, and it, you know, it's, it's slowly changed over time. Mm-hmm. How, how many siblings did you have or do you have? So my mom had 10 kids. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, um, I lost an older sister, um, several years ago after my mom passed away and to cancer. Um, and then more recently, I lost an older brother in 2018 also to cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, that is, you know, also been, I mean, that, that kind of plays into my ultra running. Um, I realized I didn't finish when you asked me how I got into running. So I'm going to kind of step back and take you back to the first time I ran an ultra race was in 2007. Um, it was just one of those where it's kind of like I had an off and on relationship with running. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving here and then having my first child, it's kind of like, oh, my goodness, you know, this is, you know, a whole different um like it brings you a whole different perspective, at least having a child. Mm-hmm. You feel like, oh my goodness, there's so much more to life. But like there's also something else I want to do. And so <laughs> I went back to graduate school mm-hmm. after I had my first child. And then on top of that, it's like, I didn't feel completely quite fulfilled. <laughs> it's just a weird, weird feeling. So it's like, you know, I'm going to go back to running. So, you know, we're doing a lot of backpacking and I thought we'd be out there and I think, what if you ran this? Because, you know, I, trail running, I didn't know was it was quite a thing, you mm-hmm. know. So I kind of started um, dipping my toe into trail running because there's so much trails here. Um, so I looked up on the web and saw that there's actually trail races. So I signed up for one that was in Cleallum. At 50k, so I did that in 2007, and you know, and I loved it. Um, it was amazing. So then I did it again the following year. Um, and you know, I didn't because kids, and then I became pregnant again with my second son, so that kind of running kind of took the back seat. Um, and then had my second son, and so that just really my life was crazy busy. Um, and then also around this time, my mom was sick quite a bit. And so th- we were making a lot of trips back to Arizona. Um, um, and then I went through my divorce. Um, so, you know, I would run maybe a trail race here and there. Mm-hmm. And then life would happen. And then I would not run or just run very little. Mm-hmm. Um, until... Um, you know, and then my brother came down with cancer, with a really aggressive cancer. Um, and he was, my relationship with him was really close. Mm-hmm. And so that really impacted me in a way that I never imagined. So when he passed away, the grief was so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find a way to cope because I was starting to find myself and I was uh, kind of 
going into this really dark place. I found myself wanting to sleep all the time mm. um, and not really wanting, like having no desire to do the normal stuff that I always want to do, like house projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I really need to find a way to shake this, like to, you know, get out of this. Cause this is a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's how I, you know, just go back into trail running because that was like one area that I could go out and just spend hours on the trail and feel so much better when I came home, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, so my brother passed away in July of 2018, um, you know, and he was very young. Um, and so that kind of got me started back into, I mean, that really got me back into trail running, um, Mm -hmm. and then actually connecting with people, um, and making friends, making those connections and building that, um, you know, base with just having those consistent friends that you share time with and that they completely get you and understand you. And, um, so, you know, that kind of, kind of got me back into just full fledged, um, mm-hmm. just trail running mm-hmm. and build that into, you know, my life, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just do spurts of running and then just going back to just not doing a whole lot of running. Um, mm-hmm. so it's been more consistent, you know, it's, it's really helping in a way, um, just to cope. And yeah. It's been very therapeutic. Yeah. Do you, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. I was going to ask you, like, um, it's good. I'm glad that you found something to like cope with the grief that you were going through when your brother passed away. But how did you like mentally tell yourself, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go run on the trail to make yourself feel better. Because when you're stuck in that grief and all you want to do is sleep, it's really hard to just get out of bed and put your shoes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it wasn't easy um, mm-hmm. because all I all I could think of was, you know, kind of feeling sorry for myself. Like, why is this happening? Why did this happen to him? He didn't do anything wrong. Uh, you know, it was like I didn't do anything wrong. Why, you know, it's also then questioning, at least for me, it was questioning my faith, mm-hmm. kind of being on that fence of, you know, it's kind of like just pretty much um, wanting to just completely throw in the towel, per se, and just be stuck in this corner in this dark room. But then saying, I can't because I have my kids, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what was like pushing me out the door is like I have to I have to remain strong for my kids ultimately because they need their mom Mm -hmm. um um, so it was essentially like some days I literally just took literally roll out of bed and forcing myself to put Mm -hmm. on those shoes and just get out the door without really any expectation of mine Mm -hmm. is just to go you know without any um, you know, any goal of how far I'm going to go. I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes I went out there 
thinking I'll do a three mile run. And then it turned to a 10 mile run. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it just started with that and building on that. Um, And then finally having that interest and curiosity to see who else is out there um, also running. So, I mean, that was the, the great thing about Facebook and Instagram. And just putting, kind of putting yourself out there and then making friends and those connections um, um, in that way. And then then you, it's like finding that friend and scheduling, um, running with somebody. So you kind of have that, um, that expectation that mm-hmm. you don't want to fail somebody by backing out or whatever, because you just feel, you feel awful you know, emotionally or whatever, um, mm-hmm. there's that expectation, like they're counting on you to show up. So, I mean, that's, it's kind of how it, it, it just gradually happened over time. Yeah. 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 Wow. And, and so would you feel like during your runs, you would, you were just able to process everything more? Like, do you feel like you found the healing you needed and, um, I just know like, like there's such a connection between the body moving and then the mind Mm -hmm. being able to think or let go or, you know, there's just something very, there's a strong connection there. Did you notice that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, like over time, it was like a process, you know, um, that happened over time. You know, at the beginning, it was more about you know, I wish I felt better because I feel like my body is screaming at me. My body's not liking this. Um, You know, my joints are aching. Um, You know, why do I do this to myself? But also, you know, when those endorphins kick in, it just completely turns, shuts that off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, the first part of it was a lot of that where then eventually over time, it's like you build that fitness, that endurance. Um, And also, um, and then it comes to like, just emotionally processing all those, you know, negative thoughts and all those sadness um, and kind of like channeling those into um, thinking about like, in my case, it was my brother um, thinking about like, you know, it's, it's like, what would he want me to do? You know, he doesn't want me to be stuck in this awful place forever. Right. You know, um, it's kind of like, it's not going to change anything. You know, he's not suffering anymore. You know, he's, he's actually, you know, he's not hurting anymore. So it's like, I also need to find, um, you know, to find myself where I feel in a better place, because that that's what he would want me to do. And that, you know, eventually changed over to just appreciating being out on the trails and mm-hmm. taking in what is, you know, you know, out, you know, like just how purifying it is, um, because the landscape is so beautiful and the wildlife that mm-hmm. you encounter because mm-hmm. you think, oh, my gosh, like. This is so amazing, like, to encounter, say, like, a herd of elk, you mm-hmm. know? It's just 
you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then to be, to climb a mountain and, and to look down and you see, you think, oh my goodness, you know, not everybody gets to experience this. Mm-hmm. Um, just appreciating that. Um, and then also appreciating that how lucky and blessed you are to be healthy enough to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, um, it's kind of like doing this whole complete circle, um, you know, going from one pity, sad state to eventually digging yourself out of that. And then on the other side, you're coming out to really just appreciating, um, you know, what is actually out there that not very many people, unfortunately, get to experience. Um, and, you know, how freeing that is just to be out there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, for me, that's been kind of a journey. Um, and I like that feeling, you know, and that's what's very exciting, especially to share it with friends. Mm-hmm. And just to go out there and take it all in to be with people that actually um, have that same drive and have that same interest and those same desires. That is amazing. I I love your perspective on that and and moving through that and being. I I know those moments where you're just so it it's like a mind boggling gratefulness to be out there. Um, and you know, like so many people don't know what that's really like. And it's, we're, we're lucky that we can do that. Um, do you feel like you were able to reconnect with your faith? Um, yes. I mean, it's like, um, being out there, um, you know, I always, um, and I don't have it on me now, but I go out there, I mean, and just remembering like some of the because you mentioned the, the, the cultural teachings. Um, one of the things is like them bringing those perspectives coming back to you, um, even though they're not the full, you know, it's just little bits of it. But um, touching on those, um, like running and remembering that you probably should always wear a turquoise because that's how the holy people and the Holy Spirit recognize you as being as one of their children mm-hmm. and especially being out on the mountains because those are very sacred mm-hmm. um so you know remembering those like those coming back to mind um you know that's you know that's been one of the the blessings about you know coming back to trail running is you know those little things that come back to you And also, you know, when you're out on the mountains um, or when you when you're out, you know, you meet a major landmark that in the Navajo traditions is that you were supposed to always greet those, um, you know, sacred places with a blessing, with an offering, Mm. you know, and just, you know, coming back to that and practicing that, um, you know. Um, and trying to get back in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm pretty happy, you know, to, to get reacquainted and reconnected with that. Um, 
So, I mean, in that respect, yeah, um, it's like I finally in a place where I feel like I'm, you know, I can then go back and I'm back to where I, you know, reconnected with my faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. amazing. I love it that. Is. I mean, that's just, it's a lot like what you were saying earlier with running to the East and, and greeting the Holy spirits and, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> really <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Phyllis, I want, I want to ask you questions all day yeah. long. You said um, you would maybe fill up an hour and we have more questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. We hardly touched like any of them. Um, Okay, but should we start? I mean, I do want to hit on the vegan stuff a little bit. So I can tell you about how I, you know, ventured into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So part of like taking up trail running again, like more full fledged mm-hmm. um, in the fall of 2018, mm-hmm. you know, it was like part of the things that I was experiencing, at least with myself, was like, more of the common ailments that people talk about, like major headaches and bloating Mm -hmm. and low energy and that whole inability to lose weight and just feeling like you're in just brain fog all the time. And I was trying to figure out like, what is wrong with me? I take in my multivitamins. I think I'm eating healthy. I'm eating my, you know, fruits and vegetable. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like lay off the high sugar processed food stuff yeah but I'm like I I'm just feeling so fatigued all the time and I can't I'm not sleeping well I don't feel depressed I mean not to the level I was before um you know around this time is when I had connected with uh, reconnected with some friends that have always been in ultra running mm-hmm. and also I read Scott Jarrett's book um um both of his books so part of that got me thinking and then um one of my um, trail running friends who she's a really badass um mm-hmm. and, uh, um she's been a huge influence on that front because she's been a vegan or plant-based eater for years okay. um and she's done like she's a very accomplished ultra runner She's done like Bigfoot twice and she'd mo- she did Moab 240. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, she's pretty inspiring. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I started sharing trail time with her and just asking her questions because it was like, I could run 20 miles and I come home and I'm done. Like, there's nothing more I could do. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My yeah. are um, I'm pretty much... <laughs> And she would talk about, well, I'm going home and I'm going to work in my yard and I'm going to go do this. I'm thinking, how? You're older than me. This does not make sense. (laughs) Um, So I was, you know, I picked her brain and slowly over time, I started dabbling in the whole idea of just going Mm plant-based. And, you know, I would go off and on, you know, because it was like, well, I don't really see a difference. I don't feel a difference. Um, but it was until um, last year I decided just to go full-fledged, you know. And also in doing my research, it, 
part of it too was, I mean, my first primary reason was health wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I did notice some changes. Um, you know, I felt like I've had more energy, more mm-hmm. endurance. And also like the whole feeling of, oh, I had migraines and like they totally lessened. Like I was not getting the amount of migraines I was getting and I was sleeping so much better. Um, Yeah. Um, So then I was pretty much sold, you know, Um, you know, it's like, yeah, it took some educating myself with the basics of like, you know, the types of foods to eat. Um, because as you know, usually the first thing that pops out anytime you mention eating plant-based is with anybody is, oh, well, what are you doing about protein? Uh-huh. You know, I kind of had to, you know, figure that out, um, and which I'm still figuring out. I'm no expert. I mean, I still consider myself totally new at this whole eating plant-based Um you know, um, so it's taking some time. Um, but you know, I, you know, so far, I mean, I like it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's brought me many benefits. Um, mainly one of the things I really like is like all those things I mentioned. Um, but just the recovery time and just how my body responds so much better I mean, it's, I feel like it's giving me, giving me that endurance to run for as long as I want, you know? Yeah. Um, Are you sure? There's other things that play into like finding the right shoes Mm -hmm. that, you know, where it doesn't completely kill your feet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um, So those, those things too. But which over time, you know, it took some time to figure out what works best for me. It's like there's all these combinations, um, finding the right combination and figuring out what works the best for me, you yeah. know, as opposed to what works for other people, because everybody's different, right? Totally. So, yeah, I mean, so far, you know, I like this whole um, completely the whole being on plant-based um, mm-hmm you know, eating plant-based because so far it's been working very well for me. That is so cool. And do you, do you feel like, um, after like a 20 mile run, whereas before you'd be just kind of dead for the day, do you feel more energized when you get oh, done? Yeah. Wow. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could, I mean, I, you know, could go for a six hour run in the morning and mm-hmm. then, that I have the full afternoon to do whatever, like repaint one of the rooms or whatever, you know, oh work in the yard, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's you, really great. And did it take a while for you to like your body to get used to everything? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, we adjust kind of, or yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it didn't happen overnight. Cause I think some people go into expecting having this expectation that within three days they should feel this difference and it really doesn't work that way um no and so I mean it took some time for me to finally notice you know slow slow changes um just overall the way my body has changed 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as like the energy level and the one thing that I noticed the most is like my headache, you know, mm-hmm. I can't recall the last time I had a migraine. So you know? great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, those will really get you down. Um, And so what, okay, so what do you eat um, for really long runs or races, like 100 milers? What's your favorite um, ways that you fuel in a vegan way? (laughs) Um, So, I mean, it's not, not every run is the same, right? I mean, sure. I mean, I rely a lot on um, just wholesome food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll pack, um, probably like, sometimes it depends, like I'll cook up some sweet potatoes mm-hmm. <laughs> and have yeah. that like in my pack, uh-huh. um, sometimes it's mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I'll just take like sliced apples, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, on top of that, I always have granola bars, like, um, plant-based, vegan-based, um, protein bars. Mm-hmm. Just because they're more dense and hardier. Yeah. Um, and then I always carry those spring gels. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Those are good. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a variety of things. It really depends on how I feel, like what my appetite is for that day. Because it, it's always never the same. Because mm-hmm. sometimes there will be times like in a 100 miler where it's like, I really don't want like any fruits. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want strawberries or whatever. I just want plain noodles, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 it varies, you know. Um, and then sometimes it's like, no, I don't want any of that. All I want to do is sip on ginger ale, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> you got to do what your body is saying it sounds good yeah (laughs) yes for sure and so real quick are your boys vegan no okay and I don't force them to be vegan you know and I just um you know I do offer them and then sometimes they do eat some of them you know my vegan food Mm -hmm. um but you know I don't I don't force it on them um I mean, I, they do, I do share with them why I'm, I'm eating plant-based. Mm-hmm. And one of the other primary reasons that I try to tell them is also um, how, like, over time, like, looking to the future, I mean, based on the different research articles that I read, you know, we got to consider that, especially for them, because they're young. And this is going to, I mean, it's already impacting us as far as the environment goes. Mm-hmm. Um you know, with the whole methane um, emissions and, you know, the CO2, um, you know, just reading some of the research on that, um, you know, it's, you know, we're already paying for it, you know, and there's that aspect of it too. So um, at the beginning, that was a lot of reminding myself of why I'm doing this because at the beginning there was, yeah, I, I want to revert back to like, sometimes I wanted to have steak, you know, but then I remind myself of why the reasons behind why I was choosing to go down this path. Mm -hmm. Um, So going back to those reasons has really helped. I mean, now I'm at a point where it's like, I don't, you know, 
it's it's already it's the understanding is there it's changed you know Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much used to it Mm -hmm. it's who you are or it's part of you now and yeah you probably don't get the same cravings that you got in the beginning of wanting to break (laughs) certain things yeah Yeah. and now there's so many more options true Um, so I admire anybody who's been eating plant-based for decades. Yeah. 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 My daughter has a dairy protein allergy and I'm just so amazed at all the things that I can find that are now dairy free. Like we just got dairy free, um, gogurt, you know, like the tubed easy for her to eat. (laughs) It's coconut based. And I'm like, Oh, it's just so nice to have so many options. Yeah. It makes me so happy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Me too. Uh, okay. So on that note, I know we've we're running low on time. Um, let's. We always ask our guests at the end um, of a favorite uh, meal that you like to eat uh, or make with your family. So, do you have um, a favorite vegan meal that you like to cook? Yeah. Um, so there's so many. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> when it came down to, if I had to choose just the one, it's the one I sent. It's the stroganoff um, mm-hmm. dish because um, it's so easy to make and it's so tasty and it's so good and so filling. Um, that's usually my go-to. Um, mm-hmm. Or I do a variation of that where I do the mashed potatoes, you know, pour the mushroom gravy over the mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, there's so many things like my other, like this morning I had a smoothie bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can change it up in so many ways, like top it up with chia seeds mm-hmm. and granola, um, nuts. You, yes. you can do so many things. And then like butter bowls, those are so easy and there's so many variety of ways. Um to have that and prepare it, mm-hmm. which, you know, ha- you can add on tons of different kinds of nutrients, mm-hmm. um, vegetables. Um, so yeah, yeah those are like my go-tos. And the other thing is when it comes to kids is like pizza is like the easiest thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what kind of cheese do you use? So, um, that is so incredible because there's so many different variety of vegan cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Trader Joe cheeses mm-hmm. and I like those BioLife cheese. Okay. Um, you know, I like their flavor um, because they're different. They're coming out with more of those intense flavors. So mm-hmm. like mozzarella, um, you know, it's very close to the dairy mozzarella cheese. Yeah. So, a lot of times I'll use that and won't say anything to my kids and they don't say anything. They don't notice. <laughs> they don't notice. Yay. That's a win. And I, yes, I was wondering because my husband Chase was vegan for about like a year and a half. And um, that was kind of one of the things that maybe I got a little tired of was like cheese um, and like not I don't know. I kind of missed like real cheese. And then also um, just like cream 
in coffee. Like I, I couldn't not have my cream in my coffee. <laughs> so I, I failed, but Chase did it. But <laughs> yeah, it's all about finding those alternatives. There are so many. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Cause he mentioned a coffee cream. There's mm-hmm. varieties now. Yes. There like are milk and almond milk and soy milk and yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Coconut milk is probably my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah. it's creamier. Yeah. yeah. What is your favorite race you've ever run? Favorite race. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, favorite race. Um, If I had to pick, I probably will say um, Secret Beach 50 Miler, mm. which is um, in Oregon, Gold Beach. Um, so that's near the California border, right down yeah. south. So yeah. you run along the beach. It's pretty awesome. It's um. Hosted by Rain Shadow Running, um, and they do an amazing job. I mean, I ran it two years ago, and I was going to run it again last year, but um, you know, it didn't happen. Um, no, it's it's a really it's a really awesome course. I mean, it's got a lot of elevation gain, but the terrain is pretty amazing. The views are spectacular. I mean, there's sections where you're running on the beach, mm-hmm. which you know, it's really hard. Yes. And then there's area where you are running um, in the trees. Um, and then you're running bits of it um, along the highway. So it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I really like that. Um, it was pretty low key, but it's been, it's obviously become really popular. <laughs> it's, it's sold out the last time, like within minutes. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, um, cause I was having a hard time trying to pick, you know, my other favorite thing that we did, my friend and I did this project, um, where we did an FKT, mm-hmm. um, from one in, uh, the Olympic national park to the other end. That was a lot of fun. That was a fun project. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, cause it never, it was a route that had never been done. So we were working on building that project. You know, you kind of have to build like your route, figure out if it's doable and then connecting the whole route because you do bits of it um, at a time and then you pretty much map it out the full point to point route and then you submit it and then it gets approved and then we did the whole run. And so that was a lot of fun. fun, And so how many miles was that? So actually that was like, um, I want to say it was 37 miles. Okay. It's not a lot, but it was a lot of climbing involved. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a lot of technical sections. By the time we actually did it, um, it was after like one of these major storms. So there was a lot of down trees. So we left a lot on the table for somebody to just go through and smash it (laughs) yeah oh well that's still cool I mean there still has to be the first people to do it yeah so yeah and that makes like an exciting route I mean FKTs were so huge this year and that's cool you could do one that's neat yeah yeah okay so I also have to ask before we let you go um do you have goals for 2021? Like, are you training for anything or will you be training for anything? It's funny because there were so many races that I had registered for 
And some of them, I got to go figure out what I rolled over into 2021 because I haven't gone through a review, all of that. But I know off the top of my head, there's a couple of big ones. Um, one of them is Cocoa Donut 250. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, which is in Arizona. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. That would be awesome. Oh, <laughs> so that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was supposed to do a Bigfoot 200 okay. just this past summer. Okay. But, you know, that didn't happen. So I rolled that over into 2021. So there's that one on the list. Wow. Um, yeah. But the first one that's um, that I know that comes to mind is it's coming up in March. And that's Badger Mountain mm-hmm. um, 100, which mm-hmm. you know, is over on the other side of the mountains. So that one, you know. Oh my gosh, you've got some big plans. Yeah. 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 It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done 200? No. Okay. Wow. Yes. Oh, no. good luck. Well, that so, is going to be fun. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty stoked about it. Fun yeah. and painful at the same time. But I mean, there's so many people that say that they love like the 200s more than the 100s. And, you know, so it'll be fun to. Yeah. Uh, kind of watch you do those and um I wonder what they'll be like that'll be great you'll do awesome thank you (laughs) yeah okay well we really should let you go get back to work um (laughs) thank you so much for giving us your time it was so fun we like we said um we had so many more questions for you that we didn't get to so (laughs) next time (laughs) uh yeah so thank you for having me yeah, it was really fun. And um, we'll, we'll be watching for, for what you do in 2021. <laughs> Thank you. That was so fun talking to Phyllis. I loved hearing about her heritage and just kind of what it was like um, when she was little and how she's carried her traditions um, into her life these days and with her kids. That was really neat. And just how running really interweaves, interweaves, is that a word? (laughs) Um, Has interwoven into like all of the parts of her life. Okay. (laughs) Um, Just, it has helped her. I mean, it's kind of been a lifeline to her in many ways, just Mm -hmm. processing grief and loss and, um, but it's also like reconnected her with her faith and I, it just was, it was really nice. Oh, and then also, um, just kind of her, her vegan, um, pursuit and that was fun to hear about. So it was, it was really great. You said it all. <laughs> Good job, Nikki. One man show. One <laughs> woman show. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I was very, um, my parents got divorced, like I said, really young. And it was very interesting to just see how um, her dynamic works with her ex-husband's family and um, how strong you have to be as a single mom. And then to do not only just being a single mom and working, but also running all of these miles and um, Mm -hmm. just making sure that you're doing stuff for you, too, as a mom especially as a single mom, because you don't have, you know, another person to rely on. So, 
Right. Well, and when she was talking about being in the thick of that grief, um, you know, that's really tough no matter what. Yeah. But especially if you're the single mom and your, your kids, you want them to have your whole self, like you being whole and well and, you know, and just that's really tough. But, um, I'm so proud of like how she, you know, kind of picked herself up and maybe that's like part of her mom's strength that she was yeah. talking about. You know, that's, I thought about that. I was like, you know, that strength runs in the family. And so, yes. Anyway, so if you all enjoyed this conversation, please remember to subscribe to this podcast. You can also subscribe to Treeline Journal's newsletter at treelinejournal.com that you'll get an email once a week that has the latest articles and podcasts that we put out. So you can stay in the loop that way. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can go and search for run hard mom hard pod. You can also email us at runhardmomhard at gmail.com or you can send us a voice message using the anchor link in the show notes below. Yes. I hope everybody's having a good day out there and having a happy new year at this point. This podcast will be out in the new year. Um, we're yeah. just kind of coming up to the new year as we're recording, but um, happy new year and we'll talk to you soon. Yep. <laughs>